podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. It's a festive, excitable Stop Hammer Time as we celebrate four games since we last spoke to you, which was after the Norwich game. Four games of football that we won. All of them. All four matches won. Incredible run. Here to celebrate that run of games with me. It's, uh, if you like reading as much as I like reading, you'll like reading Nearly Reached the Sky from the Guardian newspaper. It's author of Nearly Reached the Sky. It's Brian Williams. Hello, Brian. You, you've got the... <laughs> no, no. Come on, Brian, <laughs> Brian, the microphone is facing across your face. You must move it towards your face and speak into it. That's, that's it. Good man. Good man. Close to the microphones, everyone. Uh, now... Now, Brian, you know who it is, so don't give it away while I spoiler alert, spoiler alert, while I while I introduce him. But um, a week or two back on the uh, on the Facebook page, there was a link to a new blog about West Ham. Now, a lot of people blog about West Ham, but this blog is a very unique blog in that it's about two things. It has a two pronged attack. It's about West Ham United, and it's about Richard Wagner. Richard Wagner, not Robert Wagner, who's married to Natalie Wood. Who he was about him. he pushed off a boat apparently. A, a the only legend, bit of wood that didn't float. I that's right, exactly. Mm-hmm. What type of wood doesn't float? Natalie Wood, terrible, terrible. Um, and so we knew uh, that a man that produces a blog of that um, mixed, mixed, very much mixed media blog, we had to get on. So we've got him. It's Donna the Hammer. Donna the Hammer. Good Hello, Donna. Don, you call, Don. you call yourself. You Don. refer to yourself on the blog as Don. And in fact, you are like one of those um, activists that wears the Guy Fawkes masks. You are, that is all a pseudonym, and uh, you will not reveal your real name for the, well, for the purposes of this, of this podcast. You when will the not, moment is right. When the, you're the, the, yeah. We'll discover that... Uh, yeah. yeah, terribly happy to be here. Like the can blo- we reveal that Don is currently chained to uh, a tree in here? We can, yes. We absolutely can reveal that. Uh, I Now, you, you Brian, I must be you must be a fan of the multi-purpose blog discussing uh, discussing anti-Semitic uh, composers from the 19th century and and teams from East London football teams. My team kind of thing, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I like um, I like anything that sort of serves a dual purpose. Uh, when I <clears throat> when I lived in Dawson for 20 years, when I first moved in there, uh, uh, the um, uh, the corner of Truman's Road, uh, which was the road that I lived in, uh, there was a shop that sold reggae records and wool. Before you moved to Dalston, didn't you? You lived in Bromley, I believe. I lived in many places. I grew up in Bromley, Brian. W- was there a certain rock star that you went? That went to the school, same school as myself and Jim, who normally does his and podcast. Jim indeed. Incredible! You should mention that there was, there was, uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is so cool. It's like watching Morecambe and Ryan. Oh, the chemistry. The chemistry is indisputable. Smashing them off. Uh, yeah, so, so it's old, uh, regular records and wool. Uh, and that's, a, that's the sort of combination. That's what I like. I like, uh, I like to have things in my, uh, like James Bond has like, uh, things like, uh, you know, a pen that's also a car <laughs> and, and <laughs> the, a watch that's a girlfriend and yeah, things yeah. like that. And yeah. a car that's a catheter bag. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, oh, that's why I like the Transformers movies because they're robots, but they're also means of transport, which means they're handy. Um, handy for the shops. I had no idea I was going to be so out of my league. No, no, no. You're in your league because you created you you created uh, Don the 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 hybrid the hybrid classical music football team podcast. Well, I genre. set out. I set out to um, 
to find the most sort of minority interest blog that I could get. That's right. Uh, it's like a Venn diagram, isn't it? With an incredibly thin sliver. I am the only person in the world that's in the middle. That likes those two things, and yeah. the Samaritans were engaged. So yeah. I thought, well, I will reach out and see if there's another person in the whole world that's like me. Alas, so far, there isn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to unmask you to too great a degree, but you're a, a lawyer in real life. And yeah. uh, so you took the decision to start the blog. Why? What, what prompted you to start doing that? Well, no one would talk to me, either right. professionally or socially. Um, socially, I live in a dodgy part of North London. All my friends are Tottenham or Arsenal. My son is mad on West Ham, and he's a comfort in my becoming old age. But certainly, no one was in the least interested in Wagner. So I thought, hey, what the hell? I'll just yeah. write something and put it out there, Brilliant. see if anyone comes back. Didn't expect anyone would. But um, I've amassed, I've amassed, you know, nearly double figures worth of followers on Twitter wow. now. Yeah. So you, how long have you been going? Like God, a couple of weeks? Well, for couple double of weeks. figures. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I've got a golf club uh, that's also a chair. Um, so, Is um, it the golf club <clears throat> that you were going to hit James <clears throat> MacArthur with? Ah, oh, yes, yes. Now you, you were talking about McCarthy. McCarthy. Uh, McCarthy, James McCarthy. McCarthy. Yes, yes. Well, we've got them yes. to talk about, haven't we? Because we uh, we yeah. we exerted our revenge on uh, uh, we wrought our revenge oh. on the Toffee Men uh, just recently. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I yes, I would have. Uh, I, th- I think I was going to. I think I was going to attack him with either a golf club or a chair, and so that would have been very handy. I think I th- at one point you were going to hit him with Jim. Yes, yes, I was going to pick Jim up by the ankles, swing around, and club club James McCarthy to death with Jim. Yes, no, and, a, and a cigarette lighter was involved. Yes, I, have I remember a that specifically. Yeah, yeah. I'm an avid fan of the podcast. I pay attention. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. On the right. steps yeah, of the yes, Cottesloe Theatre, right. yes, you had your golf club, your cigarette lighter. Yes. All you needed was him to turn up. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he I was called gonna, it. I was going to yeah. set fire to him. He wasn't there, was he? No, yeah. no, 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 no. Absolutely, he had been humiliated. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I have a toaster that's also a dove. (laughs) Um, uh, So, now, there are um, four games to talk about. Now, the first of the victories uh, we have to discuss is the Blackburn Rovers game. Now, you were going to go. I didn't go. Jim went. Jim went. You were going to go, but didn't go. Uh, Didn't go. Life got in the way. Yes. You gave your tickets to someone else. Gave our tickets to someone else. They were thrilled. Uh, But what a game. So, Mm. we were Mm. confined to watching it on TV with everyone else. And... You know, Payette just came into his own. We got off to our traditional poor start. Uh, I was yeah. listening. I listened to the first bit on the radio, and uh, the commentators were kind of bemoaning West Ham simply not being at the races. They're going to be overrun. They're going to lose this game. Was the was the uh, uh, the verdict at that and time? And David they Dunn scored. was all over it. He was one of the co-commentators, and he was lapping it up. And then. You know, through gritted teeth, did he even have to accept at half time that the writing looked on the wall? But you're yeah. right, it was yeah. a poor start. Poor well, that's right, they, they got the early goal, didn't mm. they? And yeah. uh, they scored too soon. Did yes. we play three defensive midfielders that day? I hope not against Blackburn. But that's been the bane of our. That, that I haven't got many criticisms of Slav. If I've got no. none, he's been fantastic. But there have been games where I thought, why are we pay, playing? Noble and Kiate and one of Obiang or Son. They're all yeah. great players. Yeah, yeah. But it I'm is... not sure you can class Noble as a defensive midfield player anymore, can you? I mean, it was 
It was Kirbishley who, who put him in that role and told him he was too too slow to play further forward. But I mean, time and time again, he is along with Payet our most our most yeah. creative yeah, yeah. player. And when you look at where he you know where he is on the pitch, he he's not scared to get forward anymore. He's is he? not. He no, no. There. And he, not just for crosses, but I mean, obviously <clears> there was a goal against Norwich, and he's had a couple of shots that yeah. could well have gone in. And I think he's been free to the shackles, and that's just one of Bilic's huge successes. Yes, it's interesting because because I mean, they, 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 I think that's right. I think um, when the, when the injuries came to Payet and uh, Lanzini and Moses, uh, he sort of deployed three guys that you you might think of as defensive midfielders: either Obiang or Song, uh, Kiati and and Noble. But when Lanzini came back against Sunderland. He took one of those out, probably Obiang, yeah. and played with uh, Antonio, Paye and Lanzini up front with a striker in front of them. And so just two defence, so Kiyati and Noble. But it is the fact that Noble gets forward so much. And I think it's, if it ain't fixed, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because that's what Kiyati does as well. It's they're, they're able to kind of do, combine both those jobs. Because Noble really scampers around the pitch. He gives the back four plenty of protection, but he also, you know, gets forward a lot. And sure, well, he always, he's always making himself available, isn't he? He's there for the mm-hmm. cross. So I, th- I think he's been fantastic. Because it didn't quite work at first. I thought this, I thought he's, he's you know, Bilic is going for an attack uh, option s- to include Lanzini by sacrificing Obiang's stroke song. And actually in Sunderland, uh, the Sunderland was not a great performance. That wasn't a brilliant performance. But no. uh, let's uh, keep talking about the Blackburn one, though, because what was great was, you know, the, the, the FA Cup is full of giant killings, full of, or if not giant killings, full of teams uh, that should be defeated, defeating the... Uh, potential defeaters and that's a big banana skin for us uh, traditionally and I think what was really reassuring about that game was you know Jim went to it and said you could see the golf in class from from the second we started scoring goals it was yeah. Sort of men versus boys. We, we Although they, they helped, they gave us a helping hand in getting, yeah, back into getting the game, a player, getting they? one of their own players sent off. Yeah. But then we scored two. No, after. I think the goalie, the goalie should have saved Moses' shot. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So did yeah. we go in at half time one all or were we all in the lead? I think we. I think it was one all at half time. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. But we were looking increasingly comfortable by that yeah. point. They had a man sent off, didn't they? And then we had one sent off. Yes. Yeah. Kiati was sent off on sort of like the. Oh, don't get me started on refereeing. Refereeing. Yes, that was rescinded. Well, uh, the card was rescinded, wasn't it? Or at least the punishment yeah. was rescinded. Uh, and just uh, think, if it, if it hadn't been, if if Coyote had been out for the next three games, mm. and with the injuries that we had and the reshuffling that the village had to do, it could have been absolutely. It could have been. Mm-hmm. But I don't, was it ever a three-game one? It wasn't violent conduct, was it? So it was a straight it was, red. Is that not? Yeah, no, because it was. Um, was it ungentlemanly? Conduct rather than violent conduct, I think. So I think it would have been one just game, one game maybe okay, two. Game. But even as you say, it wouldn't have done us any favours. No, no, and he is he, so pivotal to the team. I well, and he's been right back and centre back, hasn't yeah. he, in the last kind of oh. couple of games? Both of which he sort of just yeah. did effortlessly. Yes, <laughs> that yeah. game against Manchester United, I think, last season when uh, he played at centre back, <clears throat> but just did his other job as well and scored. <laughs> 
It's like, it's yeah. like uh, Chick, you we're gonna make you you're gonna have to be centre back this game. I'm sorry about that. You you really won't be able to do what you normally do. What do you he, he arrived? He arrived as a centre back. Yeah, he? that's right. He'd play centre back, he, you know, for yeah, his previous He insisted team. that he was a midfield player. Yeah, yeah. But I think he had been we'd only seen him as a centre half. He's a terrific player. He really, you know, he's part of the kind of revolution, I think. I mean, yeah. he's, he, you know, he, he, a lot of the plaudits go to obviously Pai and Lanzini and stuff, but, but the kind of, the sort of reinvention of the team, kind of, he was a big part yeah. of that when he first came because he was, you know, he was uh, um, so strong, so adventurous from midfield. And he's, you know, incredible sort of engine on him for such a kind of skinny... String bean, he's a terrific player, isn't he? I think they're just putting him on a new contract. Yeah, That's well, he's he's, he's and I think he's 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 got a tempo that the others pick up on. Yeah. You know, he's got good hustle. You know, he even his worst games are sort of they're okay. You know, his his base level is really kind of strong. I think. Yeah, but very yeah. so. You know, five goals, very kind of satisfying. You know, two for Emenike, two for Paye. Moses opened the scoring, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. good. You know, M&EK good. has come in. He looks part of the group. He looks good, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him. You know, he puts himself about and has strength. The ball sticks to him. Yeah. Who yeah, are we yeah. playing? Was it against? Oh, it was against Tottenham. Well, we'll come to Tottenham, won't we? Yeah, yeah. God Sunderland was uh, Sunderland was. You know, one thing that was good about that was there was quite a kind of uh, um, feeling that there was going to be nigh on. Revolution when Allardyce turned up that he was going to. No, know, I was he, pleased the way it went. That, yeah, so I'm, I'm. God knows, I'm no lover of Allardyce and, and the football that he served up. But I think that the way to sort of show the feelings was pro Slav rather than anti Allardyce, mm. and, oh. and I thought that was. Uh, it, I thought it did the club a lot of credit. Yes, it did. It did, and it was because it was absolutely sort of expected and uh, expected by a lot of our own fans. Were were there? You know, oh the idiots! You know, as soon as I listen, they're going to be booing him. You know what they're like, and that sort of fans turning on each other, and one section of fans saying that another section of the fans are kind of idiots and sort of morons. I mean, we all know we've got our. We've got as probably as much a share of kind of nasty pieces of work and kind of bears of little brain as any other football team. But uh, uh, it was really pleasing to see that, uh, in, in fact, the thing that Allardyce would probably hate most was being ignored. And that's pretty <laughs> yeah, much yeah, yeah. what happened. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, there was a little bit of um, uh, we're deluded and we talk bollocks. Uh, there was a bit of we play on the floor. And that's great. It's just a bit of sort of that's. That is, uh, to use the much overused remark, banter. And uh, no, it's very pleasing, very pleasing. And a bit of, you know, singing about um, Billich. Well, I'll do my decidedly boring and unfunny bit here because I'm a respecter of Allardyce. And um, it was, we, we brought on the right guy when we, when we took him on. He was absolutely the right move. Yep. And it was absolutely the right time to move him on. But in between... And I booed for the whole game when he cupped his ears because mm-hmm. I was so saddened and upset by the whole thing. But he did what he needed to do. And I think um, we know that for, we know it's all in jest and an old player comes back and they're going to get booed and everything else. But um, he did he did fine for us. And I'm, I'm pleased he was there and even more pleased he's gone now he's gone he's a very strange man i think he's a very you know oh, some, yes. some of those you know the the, the other whole game that season that he he uh his assessment of the game was that um 
the tippy-tappy football we were playing the first half was getting us nowhere and the thing to do was to go direct in the second half and that's why we scored three goals was in direct contradiction to what actually happened on the pitch we were banging balls long not getting any change from it so we went to our diamond with two up front Valencia and Sacco and banged three goals in so he completely sort of distorted the truth I think in order to sort of anger the fans you know uh, and to sort of win an argument that He's, it's only him that's creating, you know. He yeah. literally distorted the truth to kind of go, no, no, what you're saying happened didn't happen. I'm right, this happened. And it simply didn't, you know. It's quite interesting, isn't it, when you start looking around at Premier League managers. Now, obviously, they're not going to be shrinking violets, but some are more abrasive than others. And I think where someone like Bilic at the moment is really shining through, uh, Hiddink is another one. These guys have got some style about them. They've got class. They're classy people. Yeah, and yeah. And they behave with, with, with some style. Um, I mean, Bilic, for example, uh, applauding Lukaku off uh, after the Everton game. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, You couldn't see Allardyce doing that. And we saw some hissy fits, didn't we, over the weekend with Pardew and and Wenger. And, you know, these guys, they've got this veneer of sophistication about them, but you scratch them and they're not terribly sophisticated at all. Bilic, one of the things I love about him so much is that He's got some real depth. There's more to him than just being that abrasive football manager. Well, he, he's he's sort of playing his own game in a way in that he's almost assiduously self-effacing, you know, isn't he? He kind of, uh, he, he credits all of the players very equally. He uh, doesn't talk about himself at all. Uh, talks about the team performance. He's very reasoned, very measured, doesn't get too excited, doesn't go, we're going to win the league, doesn't, neither does he say it's a disaster he never you know he very rarely apportions blame he doesn't blame everything on decisions Martinez was so rubbish after that Everton game really incredibly sneery incredibly sneery remarks and I was surprised you know Martinez a year or two ago was a bit like Billich's now yeah 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 you know, but it's, they, isn't it the Wenger thing that they're fine when they're winning and all they're obeying and sophisticated and they lose and they, they lose it as well. Well, I suppose they, we need to judge Billich by those standards. And it's, you know, at the moment, everything is great. Things are going great, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, let's hope it, it doesn't depart from no. this. But when the pressure's on is when the manager needs to be judged, I suppose. But so far, I think his tactics uh the other the uh, uh, um his substitutions at everton mm. which i know will come to a spot on and he really has hardly put a foot wrong so far and he's, he's really not a man to be messed agenda. with is he i mean as morgan malfitano found out yeah you're on the bus there's well, a touch and, and of the thomas repkers about him there's a look in his eye that you don't want to mess with him <laughs> well you said you you you'd he's sense that there's quite a Repka, quite a big now, quite think, a big <laughs> iq disparity between <laughs> well, those two <laughs> quite a big iq disparity um yeah i i you know We've seen a, we've seen quite a variety of performances, you know, with, within these wins. Because Sunderland, we didn't play we didn't play well. No, to win that game, you know, and we've, that's happened quite a lot this season. We 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 was it Newcastle? We sort of beat fairly comfortably, but without playing well at all. But Mike Dean had quite, a shocker, didn't he? I thought against Sunderland. I know this sort of knocking the referee thing is the easiest game in the world, but I, he was appalling. I thought in that game, and he stopped everything. 
And I, I'm sort of starting to wonder about refereeing, really. I mean, I go every week now and you watch a game and you think the, the next referee is worse than the next. And I mean, when you see Anthony Taylor and think, hmm, he didn't actually have such a bad game, you really go home and think, bloody hell, what's going on here? And I just think that, that as a game, it's got to move on now. You cannot, I don't think, referee a game with just one person and a couple of linos. I think that the game as a whole needs to maybe take a lesson from something like American football where you've got referees and umpires and things all over the place. Um, in fact, I mean, that's how the game started, wasn't it? There were originally two umpires in the early days of association football and uh, they were both provided... Is this getting boring? If so, do stop me. No, no. I'm but, learning a lot. But they, they were um, provided from each side. It was on the understanding that neither side cheated because they were all gentlemen. Yeah. It was a question of... Uh, deciding on a ruling almost and that's where the referee came in there was somebody they referred these decisions to is it the corinthians that won't accept a penalty if they are awarded a penalty i believe it is yes yes they won't Um, the brazilian team the corinthians no no the original corinthians oh the original corinthians Corinthians yes as they were i think but it's an impossible job now isn't it one person cannot see all that goes on and particularly when you've got diving general yeah, yeah. cheating that, absolutely yeah the, the well i mean to, it's not about technology i think you just if you had more people on the pitch and the great thing is if you had more referees you could do exactly the same thing with sunday league football as well you don't you're not going to have video coverage at a game on hackney marshes are you but you can have an extra referee but i think there's find, a I find think, somebody silly enough to do it I, th- I think the you know the running of football has uh been uh carried out by the greedy and the stupid, uh, and the as corrupt. we know from FIFA, and the corrupt. And, um, you know, I've said this before on the podcast, after kind of Gaza's tears in 1990, and after football became hugely popular again, after the kind of wilderness late 70s and 80s years with Heisel with and Hillsborough, um, suddenly there was this sort of drive that footballers had to be, uh, had to be a sort of a, a, a moral example to children everywhere. So things like sort of, you know, a little bit of fisticuffs were suddenly punished. And then diving is just sort of left alone. And, and like you occasionally see a yellow card for a dive, like we did uh, at the weekend for Morales uh, against Everton. But... Um, but it still carries on because it's not punished to enough of a degree and it should be kind of stamped out. And, the, you know, the amount of kind of rolling around uh, that happens all the time, is, you know, should be looked at. Whereas there's kind of, I don't think there's anything wrong with a bit of kind of shoving, you know, between two kind of highly motivated blokes in their 20s. It's really not a problem. Rugby, a lot of those other games, they just have the ref... You know, say, calm down, lads, and it all stops, yeah. and it all blows over, and it's all absolutely fine. So the amount of time that they're having to look out for cheating, uh, rather than, you know, what they should be looking out for, is, you know, really makes their job so hard now. Yeah, but I don't think we can blame everything. That, you know, the Sunderland, you're right, it wasn't our best performance. The ref wasn't great, but it wasn't all about the referee. I thought they were pretty good. Mm. We didn't have... You know, our midfield normally clicks into gear. I don't think they had, they didn't have bad games. I thought the Sunderland German guy, the centre of the midfield, I think he ran the game. I can't think of his name. No. But, um, I can't think of that guy's name. He came from Bayern Munich. Yeah. For not very much money. No, they were all right. Yeah, well, yeah, no, they're, 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 was he not a Wagner? Was he not one was of that, the, He must be one of the Wagners. I didn't hear him sing. Oh. I do, but, uh, maybe he would be. 
Maybe he's uh, oh, well, if, he, if he ran ring cycles around us, then he might well have been. A yes, yeah. very good, oh, brilliant. Can brilliant. see why you have him on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, it was. Um, I mean, we. we uh, you know, it was Lanzini's uh, sort of reintroduction was in that game, and uh, I think we did. I think our midfield had to get used to that sort of configuration because we did sort of sacrifice one of the more kind of defensively minded midfielders in it. But, but you know, we sort of held our own in that game, we didn't concede yeah. and stuff. But it wasn't, they were good and we, we were having to work hard in that game. And, you know, um, uh, and the whole place was a bit flat, wasn't it? Yes, I it mean, was. Yeah, Upton yeah. Park as a yeah, whole yeah. was flat. I think a lot of us, uh, and I suspect the players maybe were the same. You were kind of halfway between the cup tie against Blackburn and uh, another game that was coming up that is probably slightly more important. Yeah, than that's right. Between like that. Allardyce's return and the Adam Johnson verdict, which I think was the day before. Yes. There were, there were various distractions for the crowd. Yeah, yep. yeah. I think the chant going down with the Johnson was in very, very poor taste. Yes. And we, of course, would not condone <laughs> no, 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 such no. behaviour from the Bobby Moore lower. Absolutely. Um, but then it was the Spurs game. A couple of games, a couple of days later, it was the Spurs game. Uh, game's coming really incredibly thick and fast now. Um, uh, and that was very satisfying. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, we're, we're proving a bit of a bogey team for them. That was the three times in one season, uh, year before last, wasn't there? Um, um, you know, they did us or in they, one of our, uh, our poorest performances this oh, season. It was. They really season. took us apart. Yeah. Hard, that was yeah. our worst performance by far. Yeah. Well, he, we he gave them three goals. It's interesting because he sort of experimented with including Andy Carroll in the lineup, didn't he? And he went to a very. Uh, Allardyce type formation Carroll was really isolated and on his own at Tottenham yeah and we didn't and play it long we carried passing out from the back and yeah. you know got out pressed and, and out manoeuvred yeah. and generally screwed up and it was a miscalculation but he 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 Billich exactly saw what went wrong and the next game was different you know it's more you know back to a kind of front three uh, everyone's getting closer to to the front man whether it was Carroll or not uh, after that first so very interesting he really did see the mistake he'd made and fix it and it was certainly different at the bowling ground of course it we, was we yeah. played three at the back we outpressed there three centre halves mm-hmm. so that first half was absolutely yeah. fantastic yes yeah, it was. was yeah 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 that was sort of take me lord I'm ready now I think at half time yeah if, if I'd have I killed that's what I mentioned then, to my son those were the words <laughs> <laughs> well we you know the it sort of had everything because, in a sense, we 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 played on the front foot, but we did equally. You could argue play like they were the better team and that we were the underdogs because we just got in their got in their faces the whole game. They didn't know what had hit them at halftime because we, you know, treated them with the respect that they were due because Spurs are a good outfit that may well still win the title. It really and was one of those games. Please you didn't don't want half term. To come, at half time, sorry, to come, wasn't it? You, you just knew they would be better. In the Adam Johnson half. wants half term uh, to come. He, he's keen for <laughs> half term to come. He, he's very keen. Um, but the lawyers are now looking over that joke, yeah. everybody. But they, they, you know, they they, they were slightly shell shocked. Uh, we, you know, the first yeah. few minutes again, we did our classic. We didn't start that well. We didn't, we didn't get out the starting blocks that well. But once we were sort of up and running, we. We really closed them down. They just yeah. couldn't play. I don't know. I don't really know who are their most creative players in the sort of centre of the park, whether it's kind of 
Dyer and Chadley or something. But they were just given no space at all. And, no, uh, Ericsson was moving between the lines dangerously. But yeah. we were snuffing him out well. But I think, I think they made a bit of a mistake. I think they, they dropped Rose and Walker. Yes, yeah, they're best... Yeah, yeah, they rested and, them, you know, they? this whole rotation business. And I think, and that played into our hands a bit. It's, it did. It certainly yeah, would have, yeah. you know, Antonio would have had quite a different game if yeah. Rose was there. That's their best player. Yeah. Know, I mean, they're quite conceivably the England fullbacks for the yeah. next World, World Cup, those yeah. two. Walker's pretty much cemented in the England team now, and Rose is kind of, you know, understudy. Yeah. I'm trying to remember now the first few minutes of the second half because I remember thinking they can't be as bad. No, and they were. In the second half, and they're going to come out and they're going to be really good, and we've got to be on our mettle. And I don't know how we got through those first 15 minutes. Because I think they missed a trick by not bringing Deli Alley on earlier than they did. Yeah. I mean, he he can play a bit that boy. Can't yeah. 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 Slight knock. We hear. We hope. And uh, and I think if they maybe brought him on at half time. Well, who knows? But they didn't, and it was just a fantastic night. Yeah, it was, and it was relatively comfortable. There weren't that many heart in mouths. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was not a rear guard action. It wasn't a rear guard action. The battle was still being fought, kind of in the middle third, rather than in and around our penalty area. I mean, where. you know, we we were behind the Spurs goal for the second half, and we didn't sort of see the ball really up our end that much. Got to say, but I mean, they didn't really have any shots on goal that Adrian yeah. had to worry about. Do you know, know I like Kane had a shot. Loris, Loris is kicking, and he's been like a sweeper for them all season. And he looked as though he was rattled. Well, Emineka really got on his yeah, yeah, yeah. He really yeah. gave yeah. him a hard time. Yes, I, I sort of during that game, and it's very difficult, and I didn't do it for very long. But I tried to be dispassionate and think, well, look, Spurs obviously are a serious title contender. How good are they? And we've all seen West Ham sadly taken apart by teams when they've been at their very best, and you know, Arsenal and Chelsea and Man U. Tottenham didn't look like that. I mean, they're energetic no. and they've got some decent players, but you never thought. All right, my God, we've scored first, but we're not going to win this. And, no. and we've, you know, we've all seen, sadly, uh, us be on the wrong end of that. And for those odd moments when I kind of tried to step back from the, you know, actually just being there and thinking this is Spurs and it's the last ever game at the bowling ground, and of course we can't win. The gods of, you know, no, no, cannot allow this to happen. And no West Ham supporter can have this sort of luxury. They they're not a bad side, but they're not, uh, no. they're not one of the greats. I, th- I mean, I think you know, I, I think I think you're right, Don. I think we he did us a he did us a favour with his team selection. I think I think though, if if their kind of first choice fullbacks had played, um, might got you know they might have got a bit more change out of them. I think that Son guy is dangerous as well, yeah. and I think you know when he came off the bench, I slightly thought, oh, here we go. But actually, it's fine. It's okay. I came out the game feeling as though I'd been to a family therapy session. I was so worried about it before I went in. I thought, oh, God, they're going to be brilliant and they're going to win the league and this is going to kill me. You know, I I need to find a cable. I have to string myself Mm. up somewhere. When I came out, out of the game, I thought, if they win the league now, it's because they're slightly better than a fairly average lot Mm. and Mm. they aren't great. They might still win the league, but I've now got a coping mechanism. That I, yeah, can, that I yeah. can deal with because they're, they're just above average and yeah. City and Arsenal have really been crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, they've, I think Spurs have sort of, um, you know, to, to their credit, and you know, Pochettino's, I think, it seems like he's probably quite a good manager, and, and, but they, they, 
they had a little run of managers, you know, including AVB, um, Tim Sherwood, Harry Redknapp. They had that sort of squad of players that they had to sort of filter mm. through and get rid of, like, Sandro and um, Soldado and some of their Asuikotu mm. and, and slowly refine to a kind yeah. of... Bun- you know, Ericsson looks good, finally. Like, last season, he was very sort of hot and cold, wasn't he? But Ericsson clearly is a good player. And yeah. I think we did a good job sort of trying to kind of stifle his creativity. Yeah, I mean, which isn't easy. Worked. Because, no, I'd say, he slips he's in and out. He's really hard to mark. <clears throat> good at free kicks. Great I mean, he's a great player. He's a yeah. really good player. And, 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 you know, Chadley's a decent player as well, I think. And, which uh, does prompt the question, doesn't it? Has the Premier League changed permanently? Is this a one-off, the likes of Leicester and, you know, dare I say it, us... Uh, up there pressing seriously for a Champions League place mm. and, and in Leicester's case, you know, absolutely nailed on. Is that is that a permanent change and are there no longer just two or three good teams who are going to walk away with it or is there finally going to be some evening out? I, wonder, um, I, think, I think it's permanent. I do. I think it's inevitable because if you've got the money to buy a £15 million player and everyone else has only got the money to buy a £5 million player, you're going to be way better. Now that everyone else has got the money to yeah. buy a twenty million pound, yeah, player, and pay them their wages as yeah. well. I mean, the from next year, it's, what, eight, it's eighty million pounds a club, yeah. basically, isn't it? Minimum. Yeah. And yes, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I yeah. absolutely agree. With well, you. I think it's, it's I going think it's to permanent. get closer. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I, I mean, I think that there's. Uh, I think there's not a huge difference between a kind of, you know, 10 million or maybe 15 million pound player and a kind of 30, 40 million pound player. So if you, like we've said, if you can afford like a couple of 10 million pound players, like, you know, obviously we have probably the best example of the cheapest value for money player in the league at the moment in that we paid 10 for our, you know, playmaker Uh, provider and goal scorer and taker of free kicks. You know, 10 million. I mean, you know, that's that really... them, isn't it? It's the yeah. wages you have yeah. to pay. Well, that's right. I mean, and the, that's the... why the, with the new stadium, the financial fair play will have a bigger crowd, mm. will have a, a, a bigger income, and that really should help. Well, and I think key... it's going to be more the TV money than the size of the stadium. I mean, it's... Uh, but no, in terms of financial it, it, fair play, does well, it, I don't know how to, that I don't will know help, works, but actually. I mean, it's, you know, it's no secret. I'm no uh, fan of the Olympic Stadium. At least not to anybody who's heard this podcast before. But the money that is going to come in from the TV companies will make a um, huge amount of difference. But that will apply and to everyone equally. Well, will I think not that's the bigger I attendance think, give I us think, an edge. I think that's why it's equaled out. And now it's a question yeah. of picking and keeping the right players. I mean, there was a story in the Metro that really pissed me off last week about um, Ogbonna. And the idea was. Uh, Manchester City and Manchester United are going to fight over Angelo Ogbonna, and so obviously he's going to go to one of them. It's mm-hmm. like a done deal. Well, I think those days have gone now. Why would he want to go and sit on the bench? If we can pay him the sort of money he's going to get at either one of those two clubs, why would he not want to stay with us? And I think that the influx of money, and particularly from the TV companies, much more than anything that the stadium will bring in, uh, I think that is going to be the, the, the big leveller. Yeah, I, I mean, I think in a way the, the uh, Chelsea and Manchester City uh, over the last kind of decade, uh, people have seen them almost destroy careers by uh, just acquiring players who go into their squad and sit on the bench, you know, from Joe Cole, in a way, being played out wide left. Well, to Chelsea's tragic. got 30 players out on the bench. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they, you know, they... Um, 
Scott Parker's career was, you know, had the brakes put on it by going to Chelsea, where yeah. he hardly ever got a kick for like two years or something. That that ginger bloke who went to Sidwell went to mm. Chelsea. They just bought him just because they had some spare money knocking around. You know, I hardly ever got a kick. And you know, Gary, Gary Breen's career was brought to an end by coming to us. That's yeah. right. Yes, that's right. We weren't aware that it had ended before <laughs> he played for us. But uh, yeah, yeah, he'd. Um, he didn't tell us he'd retired before he no, came out no. to play his first game. We discovered that. It was quite a painful discovery, wasn't it? But Particularly I mean, at Old Trafford, for anybody who's feeling overconfident about um, Sunday's game. Oh, did he feature in a particularly bad... The 6-0 Cup game in 2003, ah. yes, which was a relegation season as well. I've expunged that from my memory. We, of I course, just, have I, got... I'm, I'm, I'm here as the, the destroyer. I'm a yeah. sort of death eater. I We've just got want a, everybody to yeah, come back... To where they should be. Yeah, We're well, there's West a couple Ham. of uh, there's a couple of uh, City away at United Cup precedents that we'll get onto when we uh, uh, when we get onto looking forward to that game. Um, but yeah, no, that I, I mean the 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 you know same thing with Manchester City. Sort of players have gone there. That you know, sort of Milner was there for a bit, and then Stephen Ireland was there. All those guys went there, didn't really get a kick. And I think that's that's got to be something that. Players must be kind of learning from that now. Must be, you know, because you know the 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 that guy was it Winston Bogard who was happy to sit on the bench and just pull down a big wage at Chelsea. You know, Adibayor might have that attitude as well. But but you know, they have short careers. They make a lot of money already. They must want to play. And uh, someone offered the chance of going to you know one of the um, quote big clubs, unquote, uh, or stay at a club that's, you know, mid-table or probably top third, but they get to play every week. Well, this is where the the China factor might be. It'd be interesting to see how that plays out, where people in their prime, will people in their prime be tempted to go out there for ridiculous money Mm. and play in some league that no one's ever going to see? Or does football matter to them more? And we shall see. Well, well, I don't think m- we've, done, we've not done enough gloating about Tottenham. We've no, 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 no. We've no. moved on. No, no, it was... Um, well, both Tottenham and Everton. It's, I, you know, I, I, people, I think people, because of the... Uh, the you know the traditional enmity with Spurs have sort of posted... I know KUMB, uh, Needs at Mother Brown, does a kind of... Uh, uh, view from the other side after every game, so you see tweets and you know Facebook posts from fans of the other team. Polite. Uh, yes, uh, yes. It, it of course That's isn't. Uh, it of course isn't. But it is. That sort of, you, in a way, th- this is a conversation leading on from 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 saying, you know, are there just four or five sort of big clubs now and the following team, or is there going to be a bit more parity as teams like Leicester and us mm. maybe start to break into it? Because the obsession, the obsession that Tottenham Hotspur have with being a big club is, I, I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but all that sort of like, uh, it's their cup final, it's their cup. Did you see Did you see how pleased they were when they won? Did you see how delighted they were? And you go, well, well yeah, well, we won. <laughs> I was A, we won. I was yeah, that's right. I mean, what are we supposed to be? Disappointed. Have, when I was a kid, the two there were four four London teams in the first <clears> division. West um, Tottenham and Arsenal were the big ones, and West Ham and Chelsea were the little ones. Mm-hmm. And that was life as I knew it. And it, I, I get quite a lot of vicarious pleasure out of how Tottenham must have suffered over the years 
winning nothing and Arsenal winning everything. Yeah. And it does, it, it must eat them up. Well, we finished above them a few times in the kind of early days of Harry. After, the, after that sort of 91 cup final with Venables and, you know, Gascoigne getting stretched off and stuff, they, they went into a bit of a decline. And then they had about 30 managers, didn't they? they from, from sort of Aussie Ardiles through Graham yeah. Hoddle up to, with the, with the bloke with the mullet, uh, who's that? Jerry Francis. Jerry Francis. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, they, they, they had like 10 managers in as many years or something, probably yeah. more. You know, uh, and they had a kind of a, quite a rough time. I think we finished above them under Redknapp a couple of times. So, but I mean, but the thing but, that really but this notion of why, I, I just don't understand the, the, the concern with being seen as a big club and what do you mean by big club? They just bark the words big club out so they, until they mean nothing. I don't, I don't know what they want. And Everton, in a way, the same thing. There was like a tweet that someone posted saying, you know, uh, well, tells you something about the size of, of West Ham when like one of their heroes is Mark Noble. That tells you something about the size of the club, doesn't it? And you're like... It's the size that it is. But I yeah. mean, it's not, I'm, in a way, I'm not complaining about stupid football fans saying stupid things. But the, but the notion of, you know, because I wonder if it extends to their infrastructure, the idea of obsessed with being a big club. You know, uh, again, you know, sort of uh, defending our fans, I, I, I would say that, you know, even, even with a lot of idiots and a lot of, you know, sort of angry people you see, I don't think anyone I don't think I've ever seen any West Ham fans kind of claim we're a big club or, well, they, or have can, aspirations we, to be a big club because they don't know what it means we're comfortable in our skin like if we're going to have a family therapy session here now that Don's Don's joined us is our problem not that Tottenham we are to Tottenham what Millwall is to us yes that they re- Millwall really hate us and we couldn't give a monkeys and yeah. obviously with Tottenham all their focus is on the Gooners, and they don't care about beating us as much as we care about them. I suppose it's so. a bit. It's a bit like that. I, I I wouldn't obsess on Tottenham in that way, but I would have been. I would be very upset if they had won the league, and they might still do, but with a with an excellent team. I mean, I you were talking about how Chelsea. I remember Chelsea winning at Upton Park once, four one. Think. Uh, Right, Phillips scored two. We couldn't get near them no, for the no, whole no. game. That that was a league-winning team. Tottenham came the other night, and they would they looked like a journeyman team. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was hard working, and that was it. Well, uh, you know, and uh, uh, I think some of the kind of um, uh, and I'll use the word very loosely analysis from Spurs fans was sort of uh, that we had played a kind of very defensive bus parking game, and uh, they just w- weren't watching the same game. There's also talk of long balls. They hit more long balls oh. than we did, but they were going oh, typical West Ham long balls. Um, but it's a strike. I mean, I just don't. I can't understand what the abstract notion of a big club is. You know, Barcelona, I think, can probably, with justification, say that they are a big club for every tangible reason and every empirical reason that could be stated. But but then teams of a kind of medium size having this in their sights all the time that I want I want people to think we're a big club. I want to be thought of as a big club. Yeah. I just. We just, you know, you just get on and play football. You know, our Farnborough going, oh, you know, those big clubs like Woking, we want to, we want to be up there. No, is there that? I don't think there is. When I, I, think- when I meet stra- a stranger and I talk to them about West Ham and what it is to be about West Ham, I take such pride in 
the, the fact that we are smaller and we're kind yeah. of wrong side of the tracks, at least before gentrification. And, that um, you know, that's... I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the fact that we haven't got a trophy full of... Uh, a cabinet full of trophies is... Is, is fine. And in a way, that was the mis- You know, that's what's slightly annoying about how uh, the deluded West Ham fans uh, sort of trope uh, that's evolved since Sam, and Sam did a lot to propagate that, has grown. The misapprehension that part of the reason that West Ham fans might have complained or booed is because we want to be in Europe every year. It wasn't. We were booing because of the defensive nature of the football and the non-progressive nature of the football. That's the only reason. Not any self-inflated idea that we should be challenging for the top four places or we should be in Europe, we should be winning silverware. We just wanted to, Hmm. you know, happily be, you know, that, that, again, the Redknapp era... Uh, had quite a lot of years where we were sort of comfortably mid-table playing good football, and we liked it. Yeah, I just uh, one thing to add to that. I mean, obviously, all of us sitting around this table are of a certain age, and we've seen West Ham actually win. I'm 25. <laughs> you don't look a day over. No. And we've seen West Ham actually hat size, win the it? cup. This is why I'm now getting so a excited and b nervous about what the next few weeks could bring us because for younger supporters who have been incredibly loyal to the club and have bought into the idea um, I mean Don's talking about his 15 year old son mine is in his 20s now and they've not really seen any success and the playoff final was a great day out but yeah. let's face it it's because you've finished third and you've gone up through the back door <clears throat> To actually go to Wembley and watch your team win the cup is absolutely special. Mm, and mm. I just hope so much that yeah. um, the younger supporters get to see that. Let's do something really quickly. Um, when uh, The last uh, edition of this podcast I did a little, because we had two teachers on, I did a sort of test. One of them was like a maths test with shirt numbers kind of going, you know, uh, Oxford plus Carroll divided by Bobby Moore. You know, was all that sort of thing. thing. Uh, but I was thinking, um, uh, like shirt numbers, when you picture a West Ham player with a number on their shirt, if I say the number, what player do you picture because when I was sort of setting that right. that test I sort of did it for myself and I wrote down my results it was on the tube back from the pub on the podcast so I literally kind of said a number to myself and the first player wearing that number that was a West Ham player I said that so I'm going to do it I'm going to do it to you okay. uh, so shirt number nine Clyde Best interesting I want to say Brian Deer. Brian Deer could be right. Jeff Hurst, I say. No, it's uh, ten. Ten. He normally will. Ten for England, nine for West Ham. No. Not in mind. I would say Hurst was always a number ten. In my head. No, I don't think so. Nine. Nine, okay. I think. I think so. I, I might be wrong, actually, but I think he, I think he was nine. Some of, these, some of them I was wrong. It, it, this doesn't have, to be, it doesn't have to be the best player. It's just the first one that pops yeah. into your head when you okay. see that. Because, you know, one of them, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't picture another one. So, Eight. Graham Padden. Padden? Oh, that's very good. Um, no eight is coming up. See, I, c- I couldn't. Kiyati, or Ronnie, Ronnie Boyce. Kiyati, Ronnie, Ronnie Boyce. Ronnie Boyce. Yeah. Uh, well, one that was eight, McAvenny. Yeah. And I sort of, you know, I sort of just Googled for a bit, but I couldn't think of one, and I said Kiyati. Two. Ray Stewart, all yeah. day long. The one I picture, Tim Breaker. That's who I always picture. Great story about Tim Breaker. 
um, the last day of the old chicken run before it was knocked down and built into the new East Stand. Uh, he went over there to um, collect the ball that had gone into the crowd, held his hands up in the traditional manner. And don't ask me how this character got it in there, but somebody threw him a frozen chicken yeah. <laughs> that they had taken into the game specifically for that purpose. <laughs> and that's um, why I love West Ham folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to love Tim Braco. You, yeah. Um, you, you know, other twos are obviously Winston Reed is two. Uh, Lucas Neal was two, wasn't he? And Luke, Ray Stewart obviously was two. Luke, Lucas who? Um, Got a lot to thank Lucas Neal for. Yeah, he was right, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, five? Alvin. Alvin, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm really showing my age. Alan Stevenson is the Alan first Stevenson. name popped up. I think it was the... He was, was, he was, was my, first, my first season. These are all the numbers that have stuck in Oddly, my Oddly, Anton, for me. Uh, As they've been wheeling out, you know, all the old boys uh, yeah. this season, they, they had a, a bunch, didn't they, at the... Was it Sunderland or uh, Spurs? I think it was the Sunderland game with... Jeff Hurst uh, let the, the old F yeah. He did, yeah. And, he uh, did very which, well, didn't he? Was it was just a shame that BT weren't showing that live. Yeah. <laughs> but they had Alan Stevenson there, didn't they? And they were bringing him out. And uh, Normally, you know, when I'm talking to my lad about these guys, I, I'm getting a bit sort of moist-eyed about, them. oh, he's brilliant, oh, he was great. Alan no. Stevenson, <laughs> he was shit. He wasn't terribly good. Maybe <laughs> standing next to Bobby Moore didn't do him any favours. Um, three. Julian Dick. That was me too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Julian Dix, me. Yeah. Number Bobby. one, Bobby Ferguson, Phil Parks. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably. My first thought would be Phil Parks. Ten, Jeff Hurst. Jeff Hurst. Yeah, I think he's nine. <laughs> or Trevor Brooking. Or Trevor Brooking. Trevor Brooking. Decanio. Brooking. Decanio. Um, six. Hmm, can't anybody there. Yeah. Well, the first one that comes to my mind Kevin is, Locke. is Devonshire. Because <laughs> Devonshire wore six. Did he? Yeah, Devonshire wore six. I think Kevin Locke had it as well. Kevin Locke he? did have it. Next, right. next in line, yeah. Um, <laughs> seven. Mark Ward. Yeah, that's. It took me a lot. Sports Social Podcast Network.